Hey guys, thanks for joining us. This is Homegrown Podcast with Raphael Anthony. Jamar McLean, you know what it is. Today is a very special day, so we have lots to talk about. But first, uh, this has been a kind of awesome few days. <laughs> yeah, it's been. It has been. First of all, we want to say Happy Martin Luther King Day, because today is, even though we're going to put this podcast out in two days, it still happened to be MLK Day today. So a lot of y'all had the days off, not just celebrating his life, but his legacy. We need whatever he taught, everything he, he gave to us, we need that more than now in our country. And the fact is, it's thanks to him that we're actually able to do this. If you really think about it, oh, yeah. his movement is what sparked a lot of minority leaders like uh, Cesar Chavez. Cesar Chavez, I'm talking about the boxer, but yeah. about, uh, the, for the immigrant workers. Yeah. His name. I thought his name was Cesar Chavez. I think it's Cesar Chavez. I'm like, oh, I'm confusing with Julio Cesar Chavez. Yeah, he got named boxer. after him probably. Yeah, probably. But what it is is like yeah. people, people be like, oh, he died for the cause. For no, he didn't die. He got killed. People always don't forget that. Don't play sugarcoat that. He was a very important American. He was one of the best Americans besides him. He could have been president shit. But, uh, yeah, happy LMK Day. Not to get off topic, but this basically is a topic because that's what it is today. <laughs> and uh, also, big shout-out to uh, California football. Do you see the game? Well, I've seen the Rams. Uh, they said that it was a missed call. I happen to know that guy that played for the Rams that hit the Saints receiver, yeah. which should have been a flag call, and it would have changed the whole outcome of the game. Yeah. But it didn't get called, so the Rams won. They're going to Super Bowl, but they're playing. Everybody hates the love now because they win so much. The fucking <laughs> Patriots. That's like the Patriots became the dark side, like the evil empire of the NFL <laughs> because they haven't been known for cheating, and they it's a lot of things that uh, where you could say, you know, how they won their Super Bowls, but they always win. And uh, it's going to be the Rams versus the Patriots. And it's going to be a good Super Bowl. But I feel like the Rams are going to beat their ass. Yeah, we're going to see. We'll see how. I just want L.A. to win so we can have a Super Bowl parade. That uh, will be huge. Obviously. That will be pretty huge. That will be pretty huge. Uh, Manny Pacquiao won over the weekend. So oh, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to see it. I've seen the highlights. But it was a little hype, though. Uh, Adrian Boner was talking a lot of mess before and after the fight. After he obviously lost. Yeah. And he still didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to take the L humbly. He was talking shit and making excuses but it's still you know it was a good fight yeah Pacquiao's a little old too and he's just basically trying to call out Mayweather out of retirement that's what it's we want to happen. see yeah I don't think it's gonna happen though. nah Mayweather cause Mayweather might fuck around and lose to him he don't wanna mess up his perfect record 50-0 yeah, Mayweather just has that tactic that defense tactic that he doesn't wanna bother with you know letting somebody else try to get in there it's just I yeah guess. it's a little crazy so today's show, we're going to be talking about another American uh, comedian, great, legendary, John Elroy Sanford, well known as Red Fox. You know who Red Fox is. <laughs> Even if you weren't uh, old enough to watch Sanford and Son, which we are, and uh, I don't remember being on when it was, but I watched reruns of it. Obviously, it came out in the 70s. I wasn't born yet, but Red Fox, put it this way, that's how good a comedian was. He influenced Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, and he, Chris Rock. He the, the thing about Red Fox is his start. Uh, a lot of comedians have amazing starts. He was born in December 9, 1922. His, his father left him when he was four years old, and his mom began to raise him. Yeah, he got raised by his mom and his grandma. And he, he tried to do a singing career. He actually has like five uh, singing recordings uh, under a different name, but it didn't really work out. But, but um, he started comedy real young, though, too. Started comedy real young. He he avoided the draft, the World War II draft. How did he do that? So before his physical, he ate half of bar soap. And it fucked up, <laughs> it it fucked so up the drug. Fucked it fucked up, up with the testing. Got him so sick. 
that he was able to avoid the draft. That's funny. I don't know where he learned that from. He's like, fuck, I'm just going to eat soap. <laughs> and at, least, at least he went for it and made an attempt and admitted it, unlike some presidents who just go to their doctors and get an excuse. You know? Yeah, right, go to Canada. <laughs> go to Canada. That's right. But uh, he, uh, he definitely started doing a lot of recordings for his comedy shows early on. And he started doing, as, as people knew him as, raunchy night comedy shows. Yeah, and, uh, and if people ever read the, he was born in St. Louis, but he actually moved to Chicago. And he grew up in Chicago as a young adult. But people, if they read the Malcolm X book, the biography of Malcolm X, he knew Red Fox before Red Fox was Red Fox. He was called Chicago Red back then, wow. where they worked together. And this is before Malcolm X was Malcolm X. He was just Malcolm Little. So wow. that's the history. Yeah, he, he's been around for a while. But yeah, he, he was like... The funniest dishwasher on earth. That was what he <laughs> described him as. Where people, where he would say people know people know him as Red Fox now, but back then he was called Chicago Red. This is something so neat is that you read. We 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 talked about Richard Pryor in one of our shows. How he discovered himself. Right. It took him time for him to say, "This is the type of comic that I am." Mm -hmm. Red Fox just kept perfecting his style. He never yeah. like discovered himself. He was always like that. Yeah. Like he didn't. Like he didn't. Like, uh, th there's no filters in him. He just, that's how he was. That's what he talked about. He just spit it out. He's, yeah, he started off on the East Coast, and then it was he performed for some people that were, like, um, music industry cats that had record labels. And then they, they talked him to tell him to go to L.A., and that's when he started recording all his albums, when he, it became, like, a cult following back then. And what's some, so awesome is that he had his very first uh, performance in front of a white audience, the first black entertainer in front of a white audience in Las Vegas. Oh, he's pretty huge. He was a pioneer, dude. He was a pioneer because he mean he's doing this shit in the fifties and sixties, mind you. You know, before civil rights. Well, you know, it was basically yeah. If he's doing it in the fifties and he's winning over those type of crowds, where that's, that's all amazing. he was. He was a beast. There's a heckle where someone screams at him, and he because he was a one-liner type of comic, but he kind of later on in the years he started doing developing storyline comic comedy. But somebody tried to heckle him, and he said. Do you rather me being up here telling jokes or out there eating babies? No, that's disturbing. <laughs> he didn't have no filter at all. So that's the type of individual. That Even like if you look at Chappelle now, anytime you see Chappelle, if you see him live or sometime in his specials recently, he's smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And a lot of places in the United States, it's against the law to smoke cigarettes in certain buildings. So it's like... Red Fox did that shit back then. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, you know, he, he influenced a lot of comics like... Where Dave Chappelle could easily just say it's his prop as part of what you know how he performs. Yeah. Literally, no matter where you see him at, he would light up a cigarette. I'm talking about today, Dave Chappelle. Red Fox did the same thing back in the day, and that's why his voice got so grasping and froggy voice as I, he got older. I believe comedians uh, saw him, well, performers really, saw his comedic timing. Uh, we have a lot of great comedians out there, but his comedic timing on stage was pretty amazing. Uh, we're about to show you a clip. Uh, <laughs> very quick witted, very quick witted, intelligent comedy, but it was smooth. He had smooth delivery, like you say, time. His delivery was on yeah. part. So we're gonna show you a clip to kind of give you a sense of his style, and uh, it's definitely him. So if you've never heard of Red Fox, which I doubt it, this this is his style. So pay attention, you big dummy. Explain <laughs> to you, folks. You can let your armpits go a couple of days, maybe, but not your ass. How could you tell someone, I love you, darling, knowing in your heart you haven't washed your ass? <laughs> I'm not talking about your whole ass. I'm 
talking about jazz. Oh, oh. That's that delivery, man. You'd be surprised at pollution that can be found in an area the size of a dime. <laughs> or a 50 cent piece. Or a silver dollar. <laughs> now you know <laughs> your ass. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's the thing about Red Fox is that he technically was telling people right in their face things they never considered. Uh, uh, Richard Pryor was really amazing in talking about his personal life and bringing it up on stage. Red Fox just talked about everybody and just doesn't matter what race, what color. Just hey, this is what you're doing. This is what I'm observing. He was married. He was married four times. He talked about relationships. He talked about sex a lot. Like he had a joke that saying there was a couple that. They spoke in code. They spoke in code all the time. And the wife kept saying EF, EF. And the husband was saying F, 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 F. And then some guy heard him. He walked up to him. He's like, what are you guys talking about? What is this EF and FF? And the husband said, well, she said she want to eat first. <laughs> so it's like, you have to be smart and really think. Like, yeah, like a lot of times the joke is like in your mind. You know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> and uh, he was married four times. Um He's married four times, and most of his marriages average like seven to eight years. Yeah. But his last two wives, they happen to be Asian, so you guys have oh. something in common. You guys both had yellow fever. Oh, you know, sorry. I can't help it. I just, uh, I like everybody. I love everyone. I just, but he prefer Asian girls. He prefers orange chicken and chow mein. <laughs> I like my Asian tea, you know. <laughs> Even nah, though I have dabbled in uh, black coffee and. <laughs> yeah, right. No, nah, but it's crazy because. Uh, you know, Sanford and Son was popular as hell, dude. And uh, it, that's really got him widespread fame. It was on NBC. It ran from 72, 77. But yeah. he walked away from it. He walked away from it because he probably got tired of doing it. I don't know. And he went to uh, do a show, like a variety show. Like uh, it was called The Red Fox Show or something. Yeah. And um, that show ended up bombing. And then it was like he ended up coming back to try to do a spinoff about Sanford. It was just called Sanford. And that show didn't have good ratings, and that got canceled after 13 episodes. Wow. Sometimes if it's working, you just, I don't know why people walk away from certain shit. Yeah. That's I think it's always out of boredom, though, maybe. They're like, oh, I want to do other shit. He was pretty old by then. I mean, he was Well, no, and, and Sanford's son, he was supposed to be in his 60s, but he was really in his 50s. Like, he, he oh, played an older character. I didn't know that. Yeah. He, Sanford's son was in the 70s. He didn't die until early 90s. That's true. Yeah, so he wasn't old, old. He, he made just, it look like he was in his old. Oh, yeah, for sure. They made his hair look all... He was just all patched up, white hair, of course, gray hair. Actually, that's true. All of his shows, I kept thinking he was just an older gentleman, and I didn't realize yeah, he, he played, played that character really well. One of my favorite movies uh, is called Harlem Nights. It's with Eddie Murphy, that's Richard right. Pryor. He was in Harlem Nights. He was in Harlem Nights as an old blind dude, or they didn't trust him at all because he had these big-ass bifocal <laughs> glasses. And he was already old then because that was like in the 80s, but still, it was like that movie got all the great comics in it. That was a good movie. Wow, that was a good movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. He had a small part, but he still he made his his lines were still funny as hell. I think I don't know whether Eddie Murphy was in uh, with Jay Leno on Tonight Show, but he talked about how he just he had to make it on his own. He says, "You, you I would never pitch this idea to a studio, but I had to create this. Oh yeah, this movie. Eddie Murphy wrote that. Yeah, he had to. He's the one who put it together. And what an honor to bring you know Red Fox into the mix. See, this thing though, like. Richard Pryor was already older. He was already already had MS. You could tell he was getting sicker, like around the time the movie came out. Yeah. Um, and Red Fox is already older. Robin Harris is in it too, which is another comic we need to do a show about. Yeah. Because he died at an early age. But basically, um, 
nowadays you won't see a movie like that. Maybe Friday the first one. Where it was like not everybody was already super famous. Yeah. You won't see a movie like that nowadays where it's top-notch comedians at the top of the game all in one movie because everybody's greedy. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to see uh, Kevin They're not Hart. doing it. For, you're never going to see like Kevin Hart, Cat Williams, Mike Evans, all of them in the same movie. Like all the main hitters, Martin, Eddie Murphy. It just yeah. won't happen. Chris Rock. It's too damn difficult. Actually, Dolomite, which is the movie I happen to be coming out on. That's a <laughs> Netflix movie, though, where you're going to see Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, Mike Epps. Um, Craig Robinson. It's a bunch of comics in there, but it's not the same like with the way Harlem Knights had a bunch of hitters, but it was just di different generation of comics. And Red Fox played his role masterfully. It's like it's just second nature to him. For yeah, but everybody knows him from your big dummy when yeah. he's talking to his son Lamont. Everybody knows. Somebody him. said I look like Lamont Sanford. I was like, "Fuck you, I look like Lamont," <laughs> just because I had the mustache. So uh, Sanford and Sons, like you were saying, uh, was uh, from 72 to 77. It actually uh, was won a Golden Globe and it was nominated for three primetime Emmys. So that's pretty oh, yeah. awesome. It was a popular yeah. show. It was really popular. And it talked about race, stereotypes, and it basically was the beginning of black, uh, black satire comedy, like black observation comedy coming from, because it's moved, like, think about it. All those other shows came out after that, like Good Times, What's Happening, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like That one was real. So we're going to show you a clip from Sanford and Sons with Red Fox, and this was a very known interaction, of course, with his wife Esther. <laughs> well, that was actually his. That wasn't his wife. I mean, uh, it was his rival on the show. Yeah, they used to always go enemies. at it. But <laughs> basically, he put Lawanda Page. She was a comedian. She had a bunch of albums too. He put a lot of comedians on that show. Yeah. But he showcased the people he came up with, and she's one of them. So here we go. You were dead beat the day my sister married you, and you exactly. still are dead beat today. <laughs> This Nestor, now you know good and well the day I married your sister, I was loaded. Yeah, you was loaded, all right. You were so drunk you fell on the preacher. <laughs> but I had to get drunk to look at your ugly family. <laughs> Don't you talk about my family. I'll talk about your family. Listen, for years people were going around saying, black is beautiful. They took one look at your family and said, hold everything. <laughs> the writers are great on the show. Well, that's something you wouldn't understand. We have inner beauty. Yeah, what? Inner beauty. <laughs> well, you better put your liver where your face is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You got to keep showing that, man. I want to keep watching to the end. And then she had the line that was famous because like she's like you old fish eye fool. Like she said all that shit. Uh, great guy. Uh, he definitely went all the way through. Something crazy about him. Uh, well, not about him. It's just unfortunate. Is that with uh, with his taxes? Yeah, he. Uh, I think a lot of people that get famous and they have a lot of money, they live that lavish lifestyle, and they don't realize it unless they have a good accountant or someone to manage their money. They end up letting that shit just ride where. He ended up owing a lot in taxes. Yeah. Where they came and they seized his house in Vegas. They took like 12 of his cars, some cash that he had on him, a bunch of his guns that he had at his house. And uh, he he owed back taxes from like 86 to like 89. He owed $3.6 million in taxes. By the time he died, that's what he owed back taxes. That's kind of fucked up. But I feel like that's when you, that's what they usually, that same more money, more problems. If you not take care of that shit, of course you're going to get, yeah. the more money you make, the more you get taxed, period. It's true, man. It, it really is. Oh, is it? Are you a millionaire, Raphael? No. You're not telling me? 
Wow. The more money you make, the more you get taxed. No way around it. Unless you Nino Brown and you selling cocaine I'm, and crack. I was, I was it's tax free. I'm, I'm barely a thousandaire. <laughs> barely. I'm waiting for a check. Me too. Um, uh, who, what other actors have trouble with taxes? Um, Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. There's some people that did really? jail. People did jail time for that shit, dude. Yeah. And, and, and you know, RS ain't gonna play. They're gonna get theirs. They will. And. He even said it. He said they took my necklace. They took my ID bracelet. They took money out of my pocket. He said he didn't even feel like a human being. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. That's like when you should have just been having money stashed or something. Yeah. And his style his style um, definitely brought him up to the scene where they didn't see him as a character actor because he really performed his style just to deliver the line. And I, I believe it is yeah, very unique. Good delivery, good timing. But he had that, that whole stick on uh, his bit was... He was faking a heart attack or any time he feel like it. He said, I'm coming, Elizabeth. I'm coming. I'm coming to see you. Like, he acting like he's going to have a heart attack. And then he actually had a heart That's how he died. He yeah. went into cardiac arrest on set of a show. It was called The Royal Family. And uh, people didn't take him serious right away. They thought he was doing that same little bit. Yeah. And then, and then uh, he was actually on set with Della Reese. She was in the movie Hollow Nights too. Yes. She's the one that got in a fight with Eddie Murphy. Where he yeah. shot her pinky toe. <laughs> Della Reese was there with him when he <laughs> fell down. And then uh, she didn't notice until he was really having a heart attack. So she pulled, like she rolled him over, and he was like, "Get my wife." And he went into cardiac arrest. Oh, but that's kind of fucked up because people didn't react right away. They were like thinking he was fucking around. Like is another one of his sticks. Um, he's saying like he holding his chest. He fell, and he was good at doing that too. He used yeah. to fall. He used to hold a chair and act like he's collapsing. But that was part of his bit. Like he was good at doing that. The things he must have seen because his career was pretty long, all the way up to the very end. You said he died. Uh, well, he died on October 11, 1991. So he definitely saw the 80s movement. He definitely saw the, uh, the what was going on in the 70s. He lived to be 68, but that's still not super old. You know what I'm saying? Like. But it's old, but it's not super old. You know, that's what I said. Like I said, he played a 60-year-old in the Sanford Sun series, but he was only 50 back then. I know. I, that's, I did not know that. I, he was like I, in I early 50s. He was in the early was, 50s. He just played that, that shtick of being an old, raunchy guy, you know, just a knowing older guy. Um, he had four films to his credit, all the fine young can, uh, cannibals. Cannabis in 1960, uh, Cotton Comes to Harlem in 1970, Norman Is That You in 1976, and then the famous Harlem Nights in 1989. That was my favorite fucking movie, period, with Red Fox, Richard Pryor. But I think he was more of a TV star. He was a TV star. Like, he won his, his Golden Globe from Sanford Sun. He was on a bunch of TV shows. And, Captain uh, and, show. and you know what's crazy? Uh, the people that wrote for that show, too, like Richard Pryor wrote for Sanford Sun. There's a few people that were big names that wrote for that show, too. That's why the show is so funny. Yeah, like legendary comics as writers, too. Um, one of the comedians we're trying to get on the show, Sean, he said he wrote for Red Fox. Sean, uh, Sean McBride? Yeah. I don't believe him. He's, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely hear him. his story. We'll I don't believe him at all. I don't even think Sean, back in, well, think about it. You got to do the math. Sean is probably like two years older than me. He has to be like 36, 37. Red Fox died in 91. That means Sean would have been second grade when he died. Like, I don't believe that. I think you, I think you're thinking of somebody else. <laughs> His TV shows were obviously Sanford and Son, uh, 72 to 77, and he was also in uh, The Captain and Tennille Show. He was in the Red Fox Comedy Hour, which was basically like a variety show. Uh, he had a HBO on location, which was the HBO special, uh, and then that spinoff of Sanford and Son was in the early 80s called Sanford, uh, and that only lasted one season. And then he was also in um, Viva Sharp Vegas, the Red Fox show. 
Ghost of Chance and the Royal Family, which is where he had a heart attack filming that show. He had 78 singles. That's a lot of material. Tell me, bro. He was on over 50 albums of comedy. He was over, over, like, he was, like, that's just what he did. That's what made him popular. And uh, it's other comics that made a lot of albums, like Richard Pryor made a bunch back before he really blew up. But Red Fox started all that shit. I think Red Fox is a great example. Red Fox is even before Bill Cosby, bro. Just Bill Cosby is more successful. And TV. Well, I think Bill Cosby was masterful in playing the. Well, no, he. You he know, just Bill Cosby was one of the first black general act. public. Type no, but style. he was on I Spy too, like in the like early '60s. Like Bill Cosby got, he was a comic and he made albums, but he was also on TV at a young age, and then he obviously got the Cosby Show, and he made he made more money than Red Fox as as far as t- television, and like more accolades. Yeah. But we all know that story though. Yeah, we all we'll talk about Bill. Cosby one day for sure, but I think we'll talk about it when he gets out <laughs> three to ten years from now. Uh, what I like about uh, Red Fox is I believe he's a great example of just sticking to your craft. Like because of this long record of so many uh, uh, recordings that he had, that's the thing. Just keep doing your thing. Just keep doing your thing. And uh, it took uh, decades before someone finally paid attention to him and when he finally paid attention to him at a larger crowd because he was already performing in nightclubs uh that's when he started to really grow and got his network opportunity with Sanford and sons but that's my point whatever your craft is just keep doing it just do you he did he accomplished this before uh major roles were given to minorities i mean that's you know, that's well, how you i, I still it. feel the same way you know? money doesn't bring happiness I'm, he had all the fame and fortune but he just got bored or he walked away from the show. It didn't get canceled. He yeah. just walked away from just it. Away from he it. quit it. It's actually the, the guy that played Lamont, his son, he was actually like, he he said he didn't even talk to him after that. He, he was mad for a little bit yeah. because he never told him that he was quitting. He had to find out from from the press. He had to find out oh, at NBC. And um, they were talking about doing a 50th anniversary of Sanford's son. And then when he went, that's the only time he talked to him was like in the early 80s. He said he only talked to Sa- he only talked to Fred once. I'm calling him Fred. He only talked to Red Fox once before he died, after the show ended in 77. So, like, you know, they had a kind of little fallout, what you want to call it. I think that's the, I think that's the thing about Red Fox. That's his personality. He must have seen, like... No, he just I got tired this, of doing this shit. I on. feel like people get tired of work or certain going to a certain place every day, you know. You, you already made all the money. He's probably like, I want to move on do five something else. Five years under your belt? Imagine us having five years under our belt. I think he wanted to, I think he thought another show would have been just as successful, but it would have been something different. He wanted to change it up yeah, or something. Yeah, change it up a bit. Uh, it, but he didn't leave like a, you know, a year after. He established five years of an amazing show, Sanford Sons. It became a, a Americana. It really did. It became a culture Americana. Uh, where you need to have known who Red Fox is, what type of show is, and it talks about that era. It really does. It really talks about that era of the perspective that Americans had during that time, especially uh, black Americans, which was you know, new for that time. Speaking of black America, the first ever episode of A Living Color, they did a, a skit where um, Damon Wayans played Red Fox. and He made a public service announcement to encourage people to pay their taxes. Oh, no way. And then also, yeah, and then also um, Ari Spears um, in, a, in a movie called Why Do Fools Fall in Love, he's shown performing a stand-up routine in the, and as, you know, Red Fox and Family Guy pay homage to Red Fox. Oh, yeah, the clip, uh, the Star Wars Star clip, Wars, New Hope. 
Fox one. Red Fox signing uh, in. Red Fox signing in. <laughs> Ref, no, he appears. He appears briefly as an X-wing pilot, and yeah. when the ship is shot down, he cries, "I'm coming, Elizabeth. I'm coming." <laughs> so they did homage to Red Fox on Family Guy, also. That just shows you uh, he's definitely loved by by everybody because he's just well known. You didn't think about uh, a comedian during that time, and it's pretty awesome. But people that don't know about him, make sure you YouTube some of his comedy, like a stand-up routine, some of his old records, and you'll see his genius and why he influenced the likes of Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, and Chris Rock. Yeah. Um, what is your thoughts? Do you think Red Fox would have been a Twitter guy? Uh, well, he was always... I don't say he was political, but he used to just say what was on the It wasn't political, but Twitter, you know how Twitter is, is all about just but calling things out. The way his comedy was, where nowadays people would be offended by it, it's just the way he was. Where back then he got away with it because it was his style. Now it's people, it's PC culture, and uh, it's a little different. I don't think he would have been Twitter because if he would have still been alive today, he would have been like fucking 88 or some shit. He would have been in his 90s. I don't think he would have fucked with Twitter. Let's pretend that if he, he was, was like Red Fox height. then, now Red on Twitter. Fox then. Yeah, he yeah. would have been talking shit about Trump. He would have been talking shit about everything that's going on because that's what he did. He's a comedian. Like, you talk and you observe and you speak on the truths of society and what's going on, the good and the bad. In, in my opinion, it really falls back to the fact that comedians shouldn't be apologizing for their comedy because it's, it's what's the intent behind it. We're. The more we try to put these barriers in front of comedy by saying I'm offended, uh, you're 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 create you're kind of stopping yourself from expanding your mind, from thinking in a different way. It's okay to cringe. It's okay to go. No, Ooh, I can't okay. believe he said that. Can't it's not okay that. to cringe. <laughs> you should be. If laughing, you get offended, though. walk up and just laughing. walk out and That's don't true. take. That's true. That's no, true. No, I'm saying if you go to a comedy show, you you should be there for laugh. Uh, you get offended by something, it's like something you got on your yeah, own. Just something you're dealing with. Because it's like, it's not personal. The comedian does that joke everywhere he goes. So it's yeah. like, you shouldn't take that shit personally. If you get offended by jokes, you're sensitive as fuck and you shouldn't go to comedy shows. You should get up and just walk out. Or learn. But Red Fox has some classics. Like, I told when Ryan was here, I told him like he bit one of Red Fox jokes. Because <laughs> he even admitted it. He said his first time ever doing stand up, he did Red Fox jokes. It just. He's, no, he admitted it on. <laughs> we got that shit on film. But like, he did great. He did great on it. No, I'm saying he admitted it though. So it's like. When you first start off, if you're a comedian, you want to have material. You want to have shit written down. Ryan didn't have nothing to talk about, so he was like, I'm just going to do Red Fox jokes. <laughs> and then he had, he got laughs because the people that was there, they probably just didn't know that what he was doing. But most of the time, comics are going to call out other comics that's doing other people's jokes. But Red Fox have a classic joke that Ryan did before that I heard him do at a show, and I called him out on it because we do that. <laughs> We're supposed to. It's, it's what you do. If you're a comedian, if you hear a comic do another comic joke, you're supposed to call him out on it. Ryan did a joke that's a Red Fox joke said, I was having sex with a girl. She gave me oral sex. She told me it was her first time doing it. And when she did it, I didn't feel none of her teeth. She's a fucking liar. That's his joke. That's Red Fox. That's a Red Fox joke. He was like, she a bullshitter because I didn't feel no teeth. That wasn't her first time. Ryan did admit that he did it because he was learning. He was just this very well, He also time. listened to Red Fox. He, he loves Red Fox. He respects him as a comedian. And it's homage. I get it. it but if you're going to say it on stage, you better say who jokes you're doing. <laughs> That's like, a Red Fox joke. You, you got to say that, that disclaimer. You got to say that fucking It's like that. was really clip That's note. not mine. I can't take credit. But this is another Red Fox joke <laughs> that's fucking classic. He said a little boy was doing a spelling bee contest. He got home and his dad asked him, how'd you do in the spelling bee contest? He was like, man, I didn't even get the first word. I, I didn't do good at all. He's like, what was the first word? He said, um, it was posse. He said, that's why you didn't get it. You don't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> that's a Red Fox joke. 
<laughs> you got to say it. If you heard it, you got to say it. Obviously, if you got to explain to people that don't know, it, you meant pussy. <coughs> you meant pussy. I had a choke on it. That's how good it was. I bet you have. I bet you have the choke. Oh, I choked on pussy many of times. Uh, you're right, though, because whenever uh, whenever I, I display my art, other artists call other artists on their style. Like, oh, you're doing, you're doing stencil style or you're doing this type of technique. And it's true. We call each other out. Now, you got to, just, man. Because for us, I, that's the worst. For dude. us, it's a little bit different. It's it, well, it's called being a hack, bro. You don't want to have you don't want to have to hear. It's one thing to hear another comedian's joke that's famous, but it's another thing if you hear a comedian doing jokes from jokes you heard when you were in elementary. Yeah, that shit just one of my pet peeves. I call them out, like, bro. I heard that shit twenty years ago. Like, you can't be on stage saying jokes you heard in elementary fucking school. I'm glad you're doing that because Joe Rogan was uh, one of the pioneers of calling people <laughs> Call out. Call out Messina. <laughs> no, that's just what it is because what comedy is, it's supposed Messina. to be everybody's own experience, their own stories, their own, uh, their own fucking, it's supposed to be originality. It's supposed yeah. to be something unique that people could take from that's not something they heard before. Motherfuckers be doing jokes about memes they've seen on Facebook or Instagram. And it's just that shit's just it's it's hacky. It is. And you don't want to be a hack comedian. It's just don't do it. Don't want to do it. You want to do even if it's some off the wall crazy shit. If it's original and if it get laughs, that's you. Keep that shit. But if you're doing it like not a comedian, but you're talking to your friends, you're trying to make them laugh. Yeah, totally. Go. For oh yeah. If you're, if you're just if you're just at a party telling stories, you can tell everybody's material. That's just wild, man. So um, let's go ahead and talk about our awesome painting behind us. This is pretty cool. Pretty yeah, this painting is dope. This shit actually has Long Beach. It has a blue line train. Um, this is by the artist uh, Enrique Brito. Yeah, he has an art show coming up on March 9th during the Art Walk. Uh, just to give you guys a heads up, uh, uh, we, on February 9th, there is an upcoming Art Walk here in Long Beach on Pine. And they just come. we also have a group viewing. Uh, we also have a membership walk, so come on in to get more details of what does that mean, specifically for artists and musicians, uh, anybody that's trying to showcase their work, sculptures, uh, we definitely invite them over. Good chance to segue and talk about our awesome sponsors. We want to say thank you to Cultural Alliance of Long Beach. Uh, CALB is a nonprofit organization dedicated to showcasing artists, creative types, and community engagements in Long Beach. Follow them on Facebook, uh, Cultural Alliance of Long Beach and also arts, music, and culture. They're an organization to promote and curate art and music exhibitions. Follow them on Instagram on art, music, and culture. And if you're listening to us on your favorite platform, please subscribe. We really thank you for your support. Uh, also check out anchor.fm forward slash homegrown dash podcast. Uh, please support this podcast uh, every, every time you do. Uh, we are gonna be talking on our Instagram at homegrown underscore podcast about the rewards we're giving to everybody that subscribes. So if somebody uh, subscribes anchor.fm uh, homegrown podcast and hits the support this podcast, they're going to get a t-shirt, free t-shirt. Uh, we are going to be putting a video on Instagram that talks more about that and give you details. I'll send an edible too. If you subscribe, I'll send a shirt and an edible. <laughs> a cookie, like a cookie. No, it's a real cookie. edible. It's no. going to be have wheat induced in it and it's going to make you feel great. You're going to sleep good and you're going to wake up high. But if the FBI is listening, we don't do that. It's legal in California. You just got to be from California and it's legal as long as you're 21. It's legal. If you show up to one of the shows. I'd rather give you an edible than give you liquor or drugs. Yeah, free. If you walk up to the shows. We won't send it in by mail. We're not sending it by mail. Yeah, you got to come to the live show. One of the shows. We're also sponsored by the Penthouse Lounge. Uh, I do the comedy show there. The next one is going to be on January 31st. Make sure y'all come out. Ladies night. Ladies get in free before 10. 
$10 cover, and also Bottoms Up Bar, which the next show is going to be February 23rd. And then you can check me out at the J-Spot Comedy Club in L.A., February 16th. That's the weekend after Valentine's Day. Much love. Hey, thanks, you guys. From Homegrown Podcast, Rafael Anthony. Peace.